This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind the SteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. Hope you're having a great start to your week. As we all digest this NFL draft, both from a global perspective, meaning the National Football League, and as we dissect the division and as we talk about the Steelers' seven players that they've selected, the undrafted rookie free agents, all that stuff. I hope that you're making BehindTheSteelCurtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And on top of that, wherever you get your podcasts, I hope that you find our network of podcasts. It's not just my Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We have an entire noon lineup. In the mornings on Tuesday and Thursday, like Jeffrey Benedict had a great podcast, The Cutting Room Floor, on Tuesday. Dave Schofield handles Thursday morning. Our noon lineup is tremendous, and our PM shows, which are some of our longest-standing shows, believe it or not, are always a great listen. They're also they're all found on our audio platform, and it's wherever you get your podcasts. You name it, we're there. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, does not matter. Just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Those two search terms will typically lead you right to our content. There's so much to talk about for the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base out there as they start to kind of move forward with this NFL draft being done and free agency, for the most part, being done. But before we go into today's podcast title and we get into the mailbag in the second half of this show, I want to talk about some news. There was some news, some really, in my opinion, significant news regarding this surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers. This got brought up, I think it was briefly on my Monday podcast, and that was the fact that it was reported at the time that DeMonte KZ, I said Kazi on Monday, I know that Jeffrey Benedict made that mistake. He's the one that told me it's KZ, is how you say the last name. Safety, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, most recently of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, on Tuesday, the Pittsburgh Steelers made that one-year contract official. KZ is now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so they've added two safeties in free agency. Terrell Edmonds prior to the draft, KZ... Right around the beginning of it, I think, was when it was first reported. Maybe it was Thursday night. I'm not sure. Dave Schofield was awesome and handled that that article for me. But still, the Steelers have made some additions. I want to direct you all to Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor podcast that ran on Tuesday morning. If you're wondering what in the world are they doing, the Steelers, 
Why would they add both KZ and Edmonds? What could this mean for the defense? Why in the world do they not draft a cornerback? That is a podcast you need to listen to. Being 100% honest with you, I would not lead my ride-or-die crew astray. That is a podcast you need to listen to. And it does give the Steelers a tremendous amount of options, and that's fantastic. It's a good signing by all reports. We I have not seen, as of me recording this podcast, any type of financials. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed, it's a team-friendly deal. I'm sure it is. And hopefully, KZ can actually help the Steelers in terms of their secondary become more versatile well-versed, and overall better. Other news. On Monday, now my show ran Monday morning, so I recorded it over the weekend, different parts, obviously, the Monday morning conversation, etc. Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time is when the Pittsburgh Steelers had to make a decision on Devin Bush's fifth-year option. You pick it up, you're going to pay him about $10 million next season, a little bit north of that, actually, I believe, as a top-10 pick, or you decline it and they chose to decline the fifth-year option. So he joins a list of Artie Burns, Jarvis Jones, Terrell Edmonds as the only players since this was instituted that did not have their fifth-year option picked up. Now, this has changed a lot. Like I mentioned in previous podcasts, it depends on where you were picked. It depends on whether you were an All-Pro, whether you made a Pro Bowl, all of these things depends on how much you make in that fifth-year option. What you need to understand about this, this has been talked about on a lot of our podcasts, the injury that Devin Bush sustained, not last year, the year prior, in 2020, absolutely put the Steelers in a bind. It put them between a rock and a hard place. They had, in my opinion, no choice after you clearly saw that in 2021, Devin Bush was not the same type of player. And when you see that, that he's not the same type of player, you're going to pay a guy that you're hoping, hoping (laughs) that he can kind of get his act together and go back and reclaim some of that prowess that he had prior to the ACL injury? That's a $10 million hope and dream right there, folks. So a lot of people are trying to draw conclusions. They're trying to say, well, you know what? What's going to happen is that Devin Bush is going to, if he plays well, then he's going to hit free agency. You know what? If he doesn't play well, that's an easy decision. If he does play well, the Steelers can try to keep him. If they can't keep him, well, Miles Jack was there. He signed a two-year contract. And so they have someone there that can play that role if, by chance, Devin Bush doesn't pan out. I hope he does. And I hope that the Steelers feel inclined to pay him a big contract, but it just doesn't look good right now. I don't. I, I predicted they were going to let it, that they were not going to exercise their fifth-year option with Devin Bush. It did come to fruition. We'll see how this pans out. Last news before we get to the topic of today is that rookie minicamp for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those dates have been released. In case you didn't know, May thirteenth and fifteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, folks. Three days rookie minicamp. Not only the seven drafted players, but also undrafted rookies will be there. And also players that received a rookie invitation to camp will be there to try and impress. Always, always, always after rookie minicamp, you will see the Steelers decide to keep certain players and release others. A lot of times players that are on futures and reserves contracts, if there's a player that they like more, 
they will just make the swap. And so you always see these roster changes happen after rookie minicamp when you get some of these young, hungry rookies in there, and they're just trying to show something. So that's coming up, and that's right on the heels of May 12th, by the way, which is the schedule release, which is Thursday, and then May 13th is a Friday, I believe. Yes, it is. So that's some news. It's some news. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And I was sitting there, I was driving to work the other day, and I was listening to podcasts, and I was thinking to myself about what I wanted to the title, my Wednesday show, and I kept on thinking about the offense. And this started from just me thinking about how five out of the seven Steelers draft picks in this year's draft class were on the offensive side of the football. Yes, I know that Chris Oladokun in the seventh, second, seventh round pick is a quarterback and that technically counts, but it doesn't matter. Five to the offense, two to the defense. And I started to think about this, and I'm, I'm kind of getting this thought that did have the Steelers done enough offensively, not just in the draft, but also in free agency to rescue what I feel is a dying offense. And that's a pretty damning statement, by the way. Rescue a dying offense. And so when I was thinking about this, was my were my thoughts strictly just my own personal thoughts and narrative, or were these actually stat-driven? And so I looked up the most basic statistics. Okay, Dave Schofield, he and the Stat Geek podcast, they're going to dive headfirst into stats, pro football reference, pro football focus, and they're going to bring up the minutia. That's what he does. That's not what I do. And I looked up some simple statistics, passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, total yards per game, and what I feel like is the most important statistic of all, points per game. And so I decided to go back all the way to 2018 and just take a look at these numbers. And then I want to try to see if we can figure out, as we sit here right now on the 4th of May, and say, okay, have the Steelers done enough to potentially rescue, and the numbers actually play out, a dying offense. It's a dying offense. Let's start in 2018. So passing yards per game, the Steelers averaged 313. Rushing yards per game, 90.3. Total yards per game, 403.3, with a points per game average of 26.8. Not too bad. Not terrible. To average over 25 points per game is pretty good. Now, in 2019, this is interesting in a lot of ways we know that's the year that Ben Roethlisberger had the elbow injury he was lost at the halftime point the halfway point in week two against Seattle at Heinz Field and that skewed all these numbers but it also is telling as to what the offense might look like and the numbers might look like without Ben Roethlisberger at the helm so let's look at this in 2019 passing yards per game remember in 2018 it 313 in 2019 186.3 remember that's the year with mason rudolph and or devlin duck hodges at the helm rushing yards per game basically the same 90.4 total yards per game it goes from 403 in 2018 to 276 in 2019 and points per game eight points less from 26 to 18.1 in 2019 so that was a huge dip in production, but we all understood why Roethlisberger got hurt. So in 2020, we all remember that was the hot start year. They won 11 games in a row, and all of a sudden, everything's looking good again. Let's look at the numbers, though. Passing yards per game, 250.2. So still a markedly, markedly less than 2018. 
Run rushing yards per game, 84.4 were going the wrong way. Total yards per game, 334.6. Again, from 2018, a significant decrease, but the points per game remained 26 points in 2020. Let's go to last season. Last season. So now you see that even after 2018, we saw the big dip in 2019. 2020, it comes up a little bit. In 2021, let's take a look. So passing yards per game, 2020 was 250. It goes down in 2021 to 222.2. Rushing yards goes up a little bit, 93.1. Thank you very much, Najee. You, total yards per game goes down from 334 to 315.4. Down also in 2020, they remember they averaged 26 points. That didn't go down too much. 2021, they averaged 20.2 points per game. So you see these trends. These trends are definitely going down. If this was a stock report, the stock is trending down. Mike Tomlin's talking. His arrow is pointing in the wrong direction. We're not painting barns red. We're not even having a barn to paint. That's what we're talking about here. That's why I decided to title this podcast, Have the Steelers Done Enough to Rescue Their Dying Offense? Now, some of this hinges on Matt Canada. Some of this hinges on Matt Canada. His system, is it working? Is it going to work at the NFL level? Sadly, we don't know that with any amount of certainty. We, I want nothing more than to be able to talk about statistics and point you and say, look, this proves this works, but we don't have that. We just don't have that. We have to lean on people that know more about football than we do and people that say that these draft picks and these free agent pickups are perfect for that system. But we don't know if it's going to work. But do we know if they have the pieces at least in place to help revive this dying offense so let's look at the free agent acquisitions these are the acquisitions folks not the players like chukwuma for who was re-signed so i'm talking about people that are brought in from outside but we know mitch trubisky was brought in all right and that was a good signing and i'm going to talk about the steelers quarterback room heading into 2022 on my friday show We've got some really interesting and, and really interesting thoughts about that group and even where it's going to head in 2023 in my perspective. So check that out on Friday. But Mitch Trubisky was a good signing. I still stand by that it was a good signing. Whether he starts or not this year doesn't matter to me. It was a good signing. Mason Cole, you talk about versatility. He prefers to play center. He said it himself. But if he has to play guard, he can play guard. You bring in James Daniels, young guy, 24 years old, already off his first contract, so he's got a lot of experience. He can play center. He can play guard. I think he prefers to play guard. That's good. That's an upgrade from what the Steelers had. And then they bring in Gunnero as a special teams guy, maybe a slot receiver. We'll see where he fits. But still, from those free agents, you're talking about really bolstering the interior of the offensive line. Everyone that talked about the Steelers, myself included, all said the same thing about what do the Steelers need to do this offseason? They need to fortify that line. I'd say they did that. When you look at they bring back a core four, they already have Dan Moore Jr. I think they've done that. I, I like the improvement on the offensive line. I'm not saying it's there. I'm not saying it's good. It's guaranteed to be great. It's improvement. It's heading in the right direction. Then you look at the NFL draft. Round one, they take Kenny Pickett quarterback out of pit is he going to start week one i don't know he's the most nfl ready quarterback in this draft class they didn't have to trade to get him i like the pick yes i said that i said what i said i like the pick it's growing on me 
You all listened to the audio last Friday when I was like, well, please not Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I said it. I'm not running from that. I said what I said. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that I think that Kenny Pickett is going to be the next guy, whether it's this year or next year, doesn't matter. It's a good pick. Second pick is a pick I really love, George Pickens. So not only did the Steelers need to fortify the offensive line, they needed to add some weapons on the outside. Pickens fits the bill to a T. And so does the fourth-round pick of Calvin Austin the third. That guy's a speed demon. Get him in space. I, I said this to the BTSE staff as we were watching the draft together via Zoom. I, I, everyone's like, oh, is it Dree Archer 2.0? To me, it, it could be more Tavon Austin. And I remember watching Austin play at West Virginia University. Smaller, quick, get him in space. I feel like he could fit that mold. Connor Hayward, say what you want about Connor Hayward. He is a versatile weapon. Mike Tomlin caught him a Swiss Army knife. I agree. He's going to be a special teams demon, can play tight end, can be an H-back in the backfield as a fullback. I like it. I already mentioned Chris Oladokun. He could fit into this room long-term. I'll talk about that more on Friday. So when you look at this, and you look at the differences, you know, gone or Trey Turner, insert James Daniels. Maybe gone is Kendrick Green. Not gone, but maybe not starting is Kendrick Green. Maybe insert Mason Cole. Quarterback gone is Ben Roethlisberger. We all know Ben Roethlisberger did not help the offense from, I mean, I, I, let me, I don't want to say that. Let me back it up. Ben Roethlisberger did everything he could last season. He just didn't have it anymore. He had a ton of game-winning drives, and that's what he brought. That's the experience that he brought. But ultimately, he was not the quarterback that the Steelers needed to get to the next level. Do they have that quarterback now? I'd say that it's not going to be worse. Let's put it that way. I think, if anything, it's going to be a step forward from what they had last year. Or what about a receiver? Now, all of a sudden, you, you throw in Pickens, you throw in Austin, and now you're looking at Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Pickens, Austin, not to mention Anthony Miller and a couple other Sims is there. Gunner O maybe throw him into the mix. You have a pretty good arsenal there. Throw in Pat Fryermuth. You want to throw in Connor Hayward, Zach Gentry, Najee Harris. I'm telling you what, I'm not saying that the Steelers' offense is going to be back to 2018 numbers, but I do think you're going to see a step up from the 2021 numbers. Maybe if you just get back to 2020. You know, you're talking about 250 passing yards per game. You hope to rush for close to 100 yards per game. Total yards is about 350, and you're scoring about 26 points per game. If that's the numbers, if those are the numbers in 2022 then I think the Steelers are well on their way to actually rescuing this dying offense. It is dying, folks. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. It is dying. Have they done enough? We will find out soon enough. We will, but I love the additions that have been made thus far. Hopefully you do too. When we come back in the second half, I'm going to be back with the mailbag. You know what time it is. It's Wednesday. Be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is mailbag time. Time to dive headfirst into the mailbag. You all did not disappoint. My ride or die crew is the best. If you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, how do I get my question answered? Do I email Jeff? No, you don't. Do I send him a text message? I hope you don't have my cell phone number. That's very creepy. No, you don't. What you do is you follow me on Twitter. So you create a free Twitter account if you don't have one, and it's free, which is free again. Follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Every Tuesday, I put out a tweet. Okay, ride or die crew, time for questions for the mailbag segment of Let's Ride. And then you just respond to that tweet, and I will answer every single question. We were like, we, we were literally, I mean, the draft just happened. I know that. And this is like NFL regular season Q&A with me or questions for the mailbag. So let's get this thing started. Corey Eckenroth asks, so Jeff, the Steelers are now through two of the three major player acquisition periods, the last one being the surprising big-name camp cuts. As of now, you still have the offseason grade as an A. I sure do. With its great transition from first segment, at least on offense, I absolutely give them an A. And even on defense, I do. And that's not even going to count when they re-sign uh, or give Minka Fitzpatrick a new big contract that's going to lock him up long-term. I do give the Steelers' offseason grade an A. No doubt about it. He uses hashtag ride or die crew, which I always appreciate. All right. Heath Davis asked three questions. The first one. You have the job of doing the new orientation with all of the rookies and the undrafted free agents. What movies, any genre, not just sports, do you show the newbies to illustrate the toughness and culture that you want to instill on them? Hashtag ride or die crew. Okay, so if I'm, I don't have to do movies that are sports oriented, that's fine. Then I'm going to show them a couple movies. I'm going to show them Fight Club. <laughs> that's self-explanatory. Uh, the Last Samurai, I've always loved that one. And just because it's got to be a football movie, I'm going to show him Remember the Titans. His next question is, overall last year, Pittsburgh made the playoffs, but the team was not very good. If you could rate the overall team last year on a scale from 1 to 10 and then predict the team's rating this year, what is the difference? Hashtag Ryder Dacru. So last year, I would say the team was a 5, and a straight-up 5. Now, if I'm trying to predict the team's rating this year, so I'm thinking about the defense, I think that's improved. The offense, I think that's improved. I'm going to say... Six and a half, seven. The difference is quarterback play, getting players that fit the offensive coordinator system, and a defense that I think is going to be healthier and is going to be more aggressive because I think that's what Brian Flores wants to do, and I think the Steelers are going to follow suit. Last question from Heath, a rare third question here. Who are the starting wide receivers after the draft, and who is the kick slash punt returner? Hashtag ride or die crew. Kick, kick and punt returner, you give Gunnero a two-year deal. I think he's your guy, and I think he should be the guy. Uh, you know, I know that Austin can can do that, but I think the Steelers should stick with Gunner O, at least for this season. Other than that, the wide receivers, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are locks. I think George Pickens. And then the fourth wide receiver is Austin and or Anthony Miller. We'll see how that plays out. Good questions. Thank you very much, Heath. And he, as always, uses hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Believers says, what free agent that is available post-draft would you see us taking a flyer on, player or position? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Since the signing of KZ, I don't see them making a signing anywhere. I, I just don't. I think the next move they make is to lock up Minka Fitzpatrick long-term. If an injury occurs, that's going to change things. But I don't necessarily bank on that happening. Not now, anyways. So I would say that, yeah, they maybe kick the tires on a running back. That's it. I honestly cannot think of them going out and getting any other free agent position at this time. Cheeseball 10 
It says as the draft as the draft concludes, what do you think our receivers room will close out training camp looking like? Also, where does Connor Hayward fit in? Does he take a roster spot from Derek Watt or a guy like Kevin Rader? All right, second question first. Connor Hayward, where does he fit in? I think he is the H-back that Matt Canada likes to have this player. Jalen Samuels was this player for uh, Matt Canada at NC State. I think that he fits in with the tight ends. I think he fits in with the fullbacks. I even think he fits in as a split, you know, a, a bunch wide receiver if they want to use him that way. He is a Swiss Army knife. I don't think he takes a roster spot from Watt or even Raider. I think, if anything, he takes a roster spot from someone like Trey Edmonds. As for the wide receiver room, I kind of spoke about that in the last question. I think it's Claypool, Johnson, Pickens, and then Austin and or Miller. I think that rounds it out. Unless someone like Rico Bussy, uh, he sh- shows out in the preseason, or a Cody White, that's what I think. Brian Haynes, he asks, you're given time-traveling powers. This is fun. But only to go back to three draft to the three draft days. Would you switch any of the draft picks with someone else? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. This is honestly, Brian, a great question for Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. And if you listen to their draft fix, which was on Tuesday at noon, they kind of did this. They went back and they looked at the draft and said, who would you take in here? Who would you have taken here? That's just not my MO. I'm not that type of guy when it comes to the draft. I, I I got to be honest, there were players selected in the first round that I said, who in the heck is this guy? Just don't know these players that well, so it's tough for me to answer that one. Tank asks, so if the new wideout, Austin the third wears the number 16, do you think he will be? He will dominate on the field? Please tell me you get the reference. If not, ask Dave Schofield. I don't get the reference, so I'm going to have to ask Dave Schofield. My apologies. The Milkman says, two questions. How far off are we from a championship? Talking about the Steelers. Seems like we improved a whole bunch, but so has the rest of the AFC. Now, he asks another question. Let's answer this one first. How far off are they from a championship? I'm going to stick with my guns and say two to three years. I still believe that. I love the moves that were made. If Kenny Pickett shows to be way better than anyone thought coming in and not just an NFL-ready quarterback, maybe it goes from one to two years. You know, so that that could change. It's all based on that position, in my opinion. His second question is the top three Will Ferrell movies. He said his is Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, and Anchorman. And he wrote hashtag I Love Lamp and hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Okay, good questions. Uh, let's hear the good, second question. Step Brothers has to be on there. Anchorman has to be on there. And this is going to surprise some people, but I'm actually going to go. I love Christmas. If you listen to my podcast, you know that Elf is my third one. There's there's a lot of movies that are really good. I mean, you could even throw old school in there. It's just too tough to narrow it down, but great questions. Thank you for contributing. I appreciate it. Southside Docs is with the Colbert era finished. What changes does the next GM need to make to win Super Bowl number seven? Do you believe the current roster is more competitive than the previous three years? What makes you optimistic and pessimistic about the 2022 season after this draft? So I think what changes the GM needs to make is none. Keep doing what you're doing and evaluate talent the way the Steelers have. If it isn't broken, don't fix it. I I just hope that the new GM values draft capital the way that Colbert did. Do I believe the current roster is more competitive than last year? Yes. The previous three years, 
I don't know, 2019's defense was really, really good. I think they might be that good this year too. What makes you optimistic and pessimistic about the 2022 season? Optimistic, love the moves that have been made so far this offseason. Pessimistic, you saw last season what injuries can do to a defense, and if that happens again, it could be the same exact result. Brian Haynes asked two more. So what is the team's ceiling as you see it right now? So ceiling, that's the best it could do. I would say that the ceiling, as we sit here right now in a 17-game regular season, I'll go with the ceiling at 12 wins. That's the ceiling, all right? Brian Haynes asked what rookie will have the biggest impact. He said, I'll ask this again after minicamp and after the preseason as well, hashtag Ride or Die Crew. This is a tough question. I'm going to go with right now, my gut tells me that Kenny Pickett does not start week one, and since he doesn't start week one, I'm not going to have him be the answer. So I'm going to go with the second-round pick, Pickens. George Pickens from the University of Georgia I think is going to have the biggest impact, and that might change. So I'm glad you're going to ask that question again. Will Caldwell says, Honestly, I'm sad to see that the Steelers seemingly only brought in Trubisky just as a bridge quarterback. I was excited to see him try to legitimately resurrect his career with the Steelers. So that said, do you think this is a legit open quarterback competition or is that just smoke? Thanks. Good good question, Will. And I'm going to dive so I'm going to really dive deep into this on Friday. So I don't want to give away too much. I got I got to give you the tease to come back on Friday. I do think it's an open quarterback competition. I really honestly do. In the It's the fact that they spent a first-round pick on Kenny Pickett. It is an open quarterback competition. Who wins? I don't know. Will there be huge ramifications either way? Absolutely. Listen on Friday. Lori, no question, says, Hey, Jeff, no question today. Just a big thank you for all the BTSC coverage of the draft. I know it was hard work, but I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Hashtag Rider Die Crew. Lori, thank you very much for the kind words. I really do appreciate it, and I've had several people say that they enjoyed the podcast, they enjoyed the articles, the up-to-the-minute news as it broke. I was trying to get my article written and published before, and on Facebook, before um, ESPN send out the alert, and for probably about six out of seven picks, I did just that. So thank you for the kind words. We really do appreciate it. It's a labor of love here at Behind the Steel Curtain. MDibs24, he said, has there been any news on a veteran in the secondary? I believe Hayden may be an option if he still wants to play. They did bring in, obviously, KZ as a veteran in the secondary. If you're looking for a cornerback, well, Hayden would be one of the best options, but it's all going to come down how much to how much it costs. Look at what Tyron Matthew got from the New Orleans Saints. There's a reason the Steelers weren't interested. That's way too steep for a player like that, in my opinion. Brian Haynes, I've, I missed this one. One more, he said, if if Kenny Pickett starts, does that mean Trubisky failed us or we failed him? Hashtag, here we go, ride or die crew. So if Kenny Pickett starts, I don't think it means that Trubisky failed anyone. There is still a possibility that Kenny Pickett just plays better. It doesn't mean that Mitch Trubisky is awful. It doesn't mean that Mitch Trubisky failed. It doesn't mean that the Steelers failed Mitch Trubisky. It just means that Kenny Pickett was better. And that actually can happen here, folks. So keep that in mind. Dave Schofield of the Stat Geek and the Steelers Preview and the Scobro Show says, why are some Steeler fans talking like Mason Rudolph is already off the roster? Not saying he wins the job, but moving him now still leaves the Steelers shy of the four they want. So this is, again, something I'm going to talk about on Friday. 
But there is a contingent of the fan base that is already saying, just trade away Mason Rudolph. They drafted Oladokun in the seventh round. You have Mason Rudolph. I'm sorry, you have Mitch Trubisky. You have Kenny Pickett. The Steelers want four camp arms for a reason. Mason Rudolph, while you may hate him, not you, Dave, but anyone listening, might hate him, he is still valuable experience and depth at the at a very important position. And so for me, I don't think they're going to trade him at all. They would have to get a pretty decent offer for Mason Rudolph, and it wouldn't happen until the preseason probably. Think about when they traded Joshua Dobbs to Jacksonville. They'd have to get a pretty decent deal for them to say, you know what, we'll take the risk of moving him. I just think that a lot of fans just don't like the guy. They don't like, I don't know what it is they don't like about him, but they don't think he's any good. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinions, but I don't think they're moving him anytime soon. If Dwayne Haskins was still alive, sadly, you know, the guy would have turned on, on May 30, would have turned 25. Um, it would be a different story, but we all know that that's not going to happen. Haskins QB once says, Hey Jeff, out of the players drafted, who makes the 53? All right, I could answer this now, but take way too long. On Friday, Dave Schofield and I are going to be putting out our first way too early 53-man prediction on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Check that article out. I'll make sure I tweet it out as well. And I'll talk about it on Friday's show. Mark Payne, with the schedule release right around the corner, do you think the Steelers start on the road for the eighth time in a row? I don't know if it's eight times in a row, but it sounds like that's pretty accurate. Is that actually better? for the Steelers given the extra road game this season. Hashtag Ryder Dyker. So obviously 17 games, someone's going to have to travel more than they are at home. Last year, the Steelers had the extra home game. This year, they have the extra road game. I do. I did hear a rumor, and I need to go back and double check this, that the Steelers opener is all contingent on the Pittsburgh Pirates schedule. If you've ever been to the Pittsburgh to watch a Steelers game, you know that PNC Park and Heinz Field share a parking lot. This Stadiums are apart from one another, and the parking lot in the middle encompasses both stadiums. And so I'd have to double-check the Pirates' schedule and see exactly. I wouldn't be shocked if they're on the road again. I really wouldn't. Haskins QB1 asked another one, Hey, Jeff, do we still need a, do we still need a veteran wide receiver in the, in the room to help out the young guys? Maybe Miles Boykin's that guy. Maybe they just have someone like a Chase Claypool actually grow up and step up and say, you know what, Juju's not here anymore. I'm going to run the show. I'm going to lead by example. Not saying I expect that to happen, but it could. Johnny Bravo says, hey, Jeff, I've been listening since Lance Williams, the Lance Williams era and really love how BTSE has evolved over the years. Grateful for what you guys do and really glad you came back last season. Are you excited about the new era of Steelers football? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, Johnny. I am excited. I am really excited. I've been excited for the post-Ben Roethlisberger era for a while. Not that I wanted to see Ben gone. Just I just want to see what it's going to be like. Is it going to be? Is it going to revert back to the '80s and the early '90s where it's just bouncing around from quarterback to quarterback? Or did the Steelers maybe get lucky enough to find their next guy one year, the year after Roethlisberger retires? We shall see. Nick Bober asks, "Hey Jeff." There have been rumors of James Bradbury being traded or cut from the Giants. What do you think are the chances the Steelers would trade for slash pick him up? Always love listening to BTSC. Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Thank you, Nick. I don't think at this point the Steelers are trading for anyone. I do think if someone is released, think about Miles Boykin being waived. They pick him off waivers. I think that's an option. I don't see the Steelers trading for anyone at this point. Aiden Blaine says, now that the Steelers have been given Matt Canada players that fit his offensive scheme and free agency and the draft, 
What do you expect the offense to look like next year? What concepts will stay the same and what might be new? Great question. Hashtag ride or die crew. So this is something that is interesting. I think Matt Canada's offense is going to look very similar in terms of the motions, a lot of the pre-snap movement sets, but I think you're going to see quarterback mobility. They're going to move the quarterback intentionally. It's going to look different from that aspect. You're going to see more uh, play action passes. You're going to see a quarterback go under center more often. You're going to see different ways to run the football. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Gene, I think it's Olszlowski says we as fans see the draft vastly different than the GM scouts and coaches. With that being said, the linebacker pick makes no sense in my eyes. And as he is a very inexperienced linebacker for strictly special teams, if he makes it at all, what is your opinion of the pick? They're talking about Mark Robinson in the sixth round. So I'm sorry, seventh round. He was the first seventh round pick out of Ole Miss former running back. At this point in time, I have no problem with a seventh-round pick being a flyer on a guy that might be a special teams demon. There is value there. There really is. So I, I don't hate the pick. I don't know who else I would have picked. Uh, Six-round picks don't often turn into something miraculous. So if this guy could be a depth piece at linebacker and a special teams guy, then that's a good six-round pick in my opinion. Will Caldwell asked another one. He says, hey, Jeff, going off your conversation with Chris Carter, you can check that out on Monday. Great podcast. Thank you for Chris for joining me. If you were a GM building a franchise, would you rather shoot for a star at quarterback giving up multiple high picks for a ceiling of Big Ben, or would you rather pick someone with a similar ceiling as Jimmy Garoppolo giving up none? This is a very tough question, and I'm going to have to say that I think that the Jimmy Garoppolo giving up none is actually – in today's National Football League, with the with the contracts that are being demanded, could be the best course of action. It could be the best course of action. And it's been proven that when you have, like Jimmy Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. And people forget that. He was a couple passes away from winning a Super Bowl. So keep that in mind, folks, that you don't, yes, it pays to have a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. But at the same time, you, you can have really good quarterback play, really efficient quarterback play, and still win. All right, Frankie asked the last question. This is a this is a tough one. How would you who would you have taken at 20? And because it's Cinco de Drinco, favorite type of tacos? Carne asada, lengua, al pastor, carnitas, other. All right, so good question, Frankie. Who would I have taken at 20? Ah, you know, I'm, I'm looking to hold on. I, I wrote the draft board down. Let me bring this up here. I have the piece of paper right here. So I'm looking at the picks and you know, there's a lot of the players I really, really wanted were gone. And it was a run on the receivers. It was run on tackles and even some of the other players. Yes. You could have gone with uh Devonte Wyatt out of Georgia. That would have been okay. I'm, I'm learning to be okay with the Kenny Pickett selection. I really am. As for Cinco de Drinko, my favorite type of tacos, I love fish tacos. I, I love fish tacos that are not I, – I really don't like Tex-Mex. I like actual fresh Mexican-type food. And so um, I, I know we have family that live in San Diego, and they always talk about it, – it's the vinegar-based, like, the salsas and stuff are just so clean and refreshing. It doesn't taste like – it doesn't feel like a solid rock in your stomach after you eat it. Um, and so – I love a good fish taco. That's just me, though. And that's a great question. And that's a great way to end our podcast. I thank every single one of my Ride or Die crew for 
contributing a question. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. You are the best fan base. Not that you're fans or listeners. You aren't fans of me. You just listen to my podcast. There's a big difference. But still, I appreciate each and every one of you. And remember, Friday, I will be back. I'm not sure if Blue Checkback will be with me, but I will be back for sure. We have a lot to talk about. So make sure you're staying tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And as we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. I will see you on Friday. Go Steelers.